A special performance is taking place this weekend in Ōtotahi Christchurch to mark 150 years of the University of Canterbury. Now, it's been composed by the university's head of composition, Dr Ruben de la Tour, and Taonga Puro artist and composer, Mahinaina Kingikaui. And the work features kōhatu, or river stones. It's called Te Reo Ki Otakaro, Voices of Otakaro. We'll talk with Ruben first, and then Mahina will join us. First of all, Ruben, hello there. Hi there. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, great to chat to you. Can you tell us a bit about the work? So this work was kind of inspired by uh, my experience as a, as a sort of outsider to Christchurch. I only came here about five years ago and uh, was immediately struck by the redevelopment, obviously, that's happened after the in, in the post-quake uh, you know, era. And I saw all of these lovely inscriptions of poetry and pepeha and all kinds of things along the riverbanks of the Otakaro, became really curious about it and uh, kind of stuck in my mind. And then when the opportunity to compose this piece came up, which is all about the kind of past and present and future of, of the region, I thought, what a great opportunity to take all these wonderful texts and set them to music. So that's essentially a big part of, of what the work is all about. How challenging was it? It was pretty challenging. Well, the, one challenge that I wasn't expecting was actually finding all of them because it's very hard to find a, a document that tells you what all the texts are and where they are. So I spent quite a few days, actually, and uh, just wandering up and down the Otakaro, uh, which sort of the, the literary trail begins around about where the Canterbury Hospital is. And then you go all the way through the middle of town and come out the other end at the Margaret Mahi playground. And I had to do quite a bit of detective work and take pictures of them and make notes and so on. Um, so that part was actually quite challenging. And then obviously you've got all of these different stories and viewpoints and perspectives on what this place is all about and what happened here in the history of it. So trying to tie those together into a coherent narrative as well was, yeah, that was challenging too. Speaking of perspective, you'll have an interesting or even unusual perspective on Christchurch, having only lived there for four years and having moved from a completely different city in Istanbul. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, living in Istanbul, I was there for about 15 years um, before coming over here. So obviously, um, you know, speaking a lot of Turkish <laughs> and then coming to Christchurch and seeing all of these inscriptions in Tereo Māori, which, you know, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a native speaker, obviously, and was, was fairly new to that when I moved back, having been abroad for so many years. Um, so, so, yeah, I think particularly sort of I've caught Christchurch at a, at a really, really interesting moment in its history, let's say. And uh, so part of the work is, is really that that perspective, I think, that outsider perspective where you sort of notice things that people who have been living here for a really long time perhaps don't. Um, but then obviously at the same time, there's a lot of stuff that you don't know and a lot of context that you're not aware of. And that's why it's been so wonderful to work with Mahina at the same time. Yeah, I think even people who have lived for a long time in Christchurch, there may be some people who aren't familiar with this literary trail. Can you tell us a bit about its history? Yeah, well, that that was really fascinating. And it's funny you say that because I mention it to people and uh, people who, who live here and they say, oh, Otakaro Literary Trail, what's that? And then I have to say, you know, when you go down to Oxford Terrace and you look across the stairs and you see this uh, wonderful Akirana Taylor poem, which is Sandbuff, and then they say, oh, yeah, 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 I, I, I know what that is. Um, so yeah, that, that was, I think it was around 2015 that that came about and it was the redevelopment of the 
Otakaro Riverbanks. And uh, the university actually had some involvement in that. And uh, a colleague of mine, Professor Paul Miller, uh, was involved, and they just found a whole bunch of uh, fragments of poetry um, that had close connections to uh, to the region and to the history of Otapaki Christchurch, um, but also a number of pepeha from uh, various Naitahu, uh, you know, historical figures, um, living and and past, and then kind of wove them together in this amazing sort of narrative or lots and lots of different stories actually. And when you walk around the river and you see all of these texts, you're kind of struck by the sort of diversity of stories and different ideas about about the region and its history. And sometimes they resonate with each other and sometimes they're actually in conflict. And that's something that we really, really wanted to to emphasize in the work as well. So what did you do with these snippets, these texts, once you'd collected them personally before sort of Mahina got involved? Well, uh, that was around about the same time that Mahina got involved, yeah. actually. And I wrote them down on lots and lots of pieces of paper <laughs> and then uh, tried to figure out how am I going to set this to music. And the texts are actually sung. We have three wonderful singers um, who are three three female singers who sing the texts. And so we put them on a piece of paper and then rather than going in sequence from one to the other, we decided that we would sort of chop them up and intersperse them. So you have several different poems or pepeha all being sung simultaneously and you're kind of cutting between them and dipping in and out. Wow. Um, and so I made a really, really big plan. Of that was sort of the first stage in the composition of how the texts are actually going to interact with one another. What effect are you hoping to create for an audience member? Well, just this feeling of being immersed in the region, I guess. There's lots of sounds that you hear in the orchestral writing that sound like the river, obviously. So the river is obviously a kind of uh, a point of focus for, for the piece. The, you know, there are sounds of water and there are sounds of nature, um, the sounds of humans and all of the all of the kind of ecosystems and cultures that exist um, in close proximity to the river. Um, and then you have the text and the stories, which are kind of overlaid and braided with, with those orchestral textures. You must have felt like you were getting a personal education in the uh, production of this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, I learned I learned a huge amount um, doing all of the research and finding out, you know, who wrote these poems and where they're from. Um, writing to, to many of the poets are still are still living. And it's been wonderful sort of corresponding with some of them. Um, obviously, we had to ask for permission to, to be able to use all of these texts. And that was graciously provided. And we're, we're you know, very, very honoured and privileged to, to have that opportunity. Will, uh, how much of it is in Te Reo Māori and how much of it is in English? It's about 50-50. Yeah. Yeah, so I think if you, we, we didn't use every single text on the trail because there's just too many of them. There's too many words to fit into to one piece. It's already about 25 minutes long. So it's kind of, you know, sort of for a single movement work, it's sort of stretching, I think, what an audience can, can take in in one sitting. Um, but yeah, through that, there's, there's about sort of seven te reo texts and seven texts that are in English. And so when you're listening, it's kind of constantly switching. But I think it's about, it's pretty much even between the two languages. Yeah, and presumably you don't need to know both. don't have to be fluent in both to get something out of it. No, you don't. No, not at all. Congratulations. Will you have a role on the day or is, um, does your sort of work end with the composition of the piece? Uh, my work is in with the composition. Mahina is going to be performing. 
Um, but I just get to sit back and be nervous in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> Ruben de la Tour, thank you so much for telling us all about it. I'm looking forward to uh, hearing Mahina's perspective as well. Thank you very much. Lovely nice to speak with you. To, nice to talk to you. So, Taonga Poro artist and fellow composer Mahina Ina Kingi Kauai joins me now. Hello there. Oh, no, mihi aroha kia koe e jisi i tēnei wā. Kia ora. Tēnā koe, kei te pia koe. Oh, kei te pai, tēnō ātauhu te rānei, it's shining as out here, so it's lovely and brisk and cool, but hmm. beautiful and warm. Why did you decide to get involved with this work? Um, well, this area is really precious to me. It's my... Uh, this is where I was born and, and my percent is out there in that estuary somewhere. And um, so it was a no-brainer when when Ruben asked me to be a part of the kaupapa. Plus also, um, I definitely have a mana whenua perspective on, on the, you know, the whenua, this area, and of course beyond that. Yeah, kia ora. Can you tell us a bit about your contribution um, to this work? Um, sounds like the uh, the various texts were assembled, and then what did you do? What do you remember of the creation of this piece? I remember talking to Ruben about going backwards in order to go forward, and that really the human part of um, coming here, the people who came in their boats, the various people, even the people that were here before us as Māori coming down these ways and thinking a little bit further up into, you know, where does that that source come from, the actual takoro? And when you look at it, it comes from underground and that's why it's so special and pristine. And it comes not far from where I used to work, over in um, Upper Rickerton, Burnside Way. So it was that's part of the source and the puna, and so it it has a lot of significance for me because I was working as a, a rehab assistant, walking around some of that water all the time with my clients. Wow. Yeah, so there is that for Carl that I had, but also going back further to the cosmos and in the creation story here at the importance that we have with water and that the first love of Papa Tuanuku was Tangaro. Um, up north they talk and about Ranginui being Papa Tuanuku's lover. But the first one was Tangaro for us hmm. down here from uh, Te One Tare Tiko. And um, so that's, that's probably why I um, just... Part of this is, is important to me to actually, for our kōrero is ngaitahu, katimamoe, waitaha people and further, all those iwi and our tipuna. It's important. Can you tell me about kōhatu, the stones? Well, there's a certain stones. There's a few stones that I've got. Um, some are agilite, some are koanga, which are from around that Duval Island area. And the one... I think um, Ruben got managed to have a recording of it outside, which is just outside my door, and it's a ringing stone, fondalite, and it was um, from Taioroa Heads around Dunedin Otaku, and the person who, who spotted it was Jeff Lowe, and then he told me, of course, I picked it up, hmm. and it just felt really light, but it's not. 
it's actually quite heavy. Yeah. Yeah, and there's not many places you can get that ringing stone from the light in um, Aotearoa, let alone the world. So I think Colorado is one of the other places huh. as well. Um, so that's, yeah, some of those. We've got, a, we've got a little sample here, um, Kohatu Nguru. Can you tell us a, a bit about what we're going to be hearing here? Well, <laughs> if you um, listen, the Nguru is played via the nose. I'm sure it's the bamboo one um, that he loves to, we all love to hear the sound of that. So that's kind of like for this part of the composition, it's looking at the future looking into the future and, and, you know, there is from the darkness to the water component of the light, the scientific part about that, moving from out of the darkness of, you know, coming down from the mountains into the source and then out to the people. And our people down here used to play, the kids would play while we harvested kai in that river. So that's why it's like about playfulness. So there's that sort of stuff with that type of nuru. With the kohatu, it's acknowledging Papatuanuku, our connections to her, but also the cosmos from the universe of where we come from. So I think we're going to hear hear both. We're going to hear the kohatu, um, (laughs) which is the the river stones, and we'll also hear you playing the the nuru or or the the nose flutes. Can I call it the nose flutes? Yeah, sure. Um, And I think you're improvising here. Let's take a listen. Gosh, that's really beautiful. Huh. Yes. It's the first instrument I ever learned to play, and that's nearly 30 years ago now, playing these beautiful tonga. Such a smooth sound. <laughs> yes. And, and quite, um, yeah, I was going to say ethereal. I suppose spiritual would be another way of putting it. Um, mm. So you, you're performing this Saturday, uh, this Saturday, 7.30pm, at the Douglas Lilburn Auditorium at, uh, Auditorium at Christchurch. Town Hall, and how are you feeling about the performance? Uh, yeah, I'm focused. <laughs> Getting back on task. I've just come off tour, so um, I'm re- refocusing, and that's what today's about. So thanks for the reminder, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got more important things to do first, or just as mm. important, which is roasting a lamb this afternoon. Yeah, yeah, I've just put you know put some bits and pieces out to go and get some rosemary and thyme now from the garden. So, mm, and is that, is that, uh, is that Kai a, a sort of a, a formal part of this kind of pre, um, oh, pre-concert for goodness ritual? Sakes. Kai is always a good part <laughs> and a good thing to have. Absolutely. So, so you've got Ruben, Ruben round for dinner tonight and then, uh, <laughs> then you focus on <laughs> Saturday. Good stuff. Really lovely oh, to meet you. Um, and you too. Tēnei taku mihi ki Nice to talk to you and I hope it goes well on Saturday. That was Ruben de la Tour and Mahinaina Kingi Koe talking about their performance this weekend, 150 years of University of Canterbury. Uh, and I gave you the details before Christchurch Town Hall's Douglas Lilburn Auditorium.